No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that Jeremiah stands in the temple and tells the people to amend their ways. They have trusted in lying words, so God will do to his house as he did to Shiloh. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. Between Jeremiah chapters 6 and 7, it is thought that perhaps five years had passed. It had now been about 12 years since the great revival of King Josiah, where he removed the high places of pagan worship in Judah and burned the bones of the priests of Baal, destroyed all the carved images, and repaired and restored the house of the Lord. After the book of the law was discovered in the temple, Josiah made a covenant before the Lord to follow him and keep his commandments with all his heart and all his soul. He then celebrated the Passover in a way that had not been done since the days of Samuel and all the kings of Israel. But sadly, although Josiah removed the idols from the land, he could not fully remove the idols from the hearts of the people. Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, became king of Judah after Josiah died in battle with Pharaoh Necho of Egypt. But Jehoahaz only reigned for three months. Then Pharaoh Necho made his brother Eliakim king and changed his name to Jehoiakim. He reigned for 11 years, but he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the reformations of Josiah were short-lived. The people continued to worship in the temple, but they still regarded sin in their hearts. Jeremiah chapter 7. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah, who enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Chapters 7 through 10 are often referred to as Jeremiah's temple address. They focus on God's punishment of his people because of their false religion. The temple was a beautiful place. When Josiah took the throne, Solomon's temple had fallen into a state of disrepair. By this time, however, Josiah had done many renovations to it, restoring it as a symbol of national pride. The Lord dwelt with the people of Judah in Jerusalem, in the temple, in the most holy place above the Ark of the Covenant. As long as they had the temple, they felt that they were invincible. But in trusting in the temple for their security, they were self-deceived. Their only hope was for genuine repentance by obeying the Lord and renouncing their idolatry. Only then could they continue to dwell in Jerusalem and enjoy their temple in the presence of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, 
And do not shed innocent blood in this place or walk after other gods to your hurt. Then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. They had fallen into the trap of thinking that meeting together for worship and bringing their offerings took care of them so that it didn't matter how they lived the rest of the week. But God wanted them to live righteously, to be fair and honest with one another. He didn't want them taking advantage of each other, especially the stranger, orphan, and widow. He didn't want them committing violence, shedding innocent blood, or walking after other gods to their own hurt. You know, it's always a dangerous thing when people start going to church just because everybody is doing it or it seems the acceptable thing to do and not necessarily because they want a relationship with God. They want to walk in his ways. And this is what was happening. They also trusted in their temple to save them because they had this magnificent temple that had just recently been restored. They thought they were safe. They treated the temple as though it were a good luck charm. They're not the only ones to superstitiously venerate some building or other sacred place as somehow being more holy than other places and securing them a special place with God. The only thing that made the temple in Jerusalem holy was the fact that God dwelt in it and that the people who worshiped there were themselves holy, keeping the commandments of God. But if they contaminated it with their hypocritical worship, then it was no longer holy. Now, under the new covenant, God does not live in a temple made with hands, but we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, all those who believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain, that is Mount Gerizim, nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. But the Jews of Jeremiah's day were neither worshiping the Lord in spirit nor in truth. And by saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, they were trusting in lies as though the mere possession of the temple was their salvation. But God told them that the only way for them to be saved was to thoroughly amend their ways. They needed to confess their sins and purpose in their hearts to do what was right before God and man. These were the things that really mattered to God, not merely that they showed up each Sabbath to worship at the temple. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know? And then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. 
they had trusted in lying words that could not profit. Now, all sin has its root in lies. Satan whispers to us, Has God really said? He knows that he can get much further with a lie packaged in the truth. And so he often comes as an angel of light. But his goal is always to deceive and to destroy. His lying words, at first, seem beneficial, but in the end, they cannot profit. Through deceptive words, Satan entices people to sin. And when they take the bait, then he makes them slaves. Then he deceives them into thinking they can never change. Satan will let such people practice religion. You know, he loves hypocrites who go through their religious rituals. They make church a retreat from the sins that they commit the rest of the week. And Satan loves it when these people join the church because they will infect others with their hypocrisy and so weaken the church's witness. So Jeremiah named the sins that the people were committing even while they were bringing their sacrifices to the altar. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal and walk after other gods whom you do not know? They were breaking at least six of the Ten Commandments and yet acted like everything was okay. But their crimes had made God's house a den of thieves. That is, a place where thieves gather to hide. Warren Wearsby writes, Any theology that minimizes God's holiness and tolerates people's deliberate sinfulness is a false theology. Verse 12, But go now to my place, which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear, and I called you, but you did not answer, therefore I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to this place which I gave to you and your fathers as I have done to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight as I have cast out all your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim. Shiloh was located about 30 miles north of Jerusalem and 8 miles north of Bethel in Ephraim. The tabernacle was set up in Shiloh during the early days of the conquest through the period of the judges. Now, by the time of Eli the priest, it was a well-established structure for centralized worship. Eli's two sons, however, were wicked in the eyes of the Lord. They took whatever they wanted from the people's sacrifices and then slept with the women who came to the tabernacle. So God permitted the Philistines to attack Israel. Israel was losing, so somebody came up with the idea of bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the battle. Eli objected, but then let them take it. When the army of Israel saw it, they gave up a loud cheer. The Philistines were afraid, but they fought hard, defeated Israel, and captured the ark. Archaeological evidence points to Shiloh later being destroyed about 1050 BC, probably by the Philistines. Now, Jeremiah points to the desolation of Shiloh as proof that if God destroyed his dwelling place once, he could do it again. They were not safe just because they had the temple in Jerusalem. According to Psalm 78, 
God forsook Shiloh because the people did not keep his testimonies, but provoked him to anger with their high places and carved images. Now, what would make the inhabitants of Jerusalem think that God would treat them any differently? God had risen up early and spoken to them about these things, but they had not listened. He had called them, but they did not answer. Therefore, he would destroy Jerusalem as he had destroyed Shiloh. And he would send them into captivity as he had sent the ten tribes of Israel into captivity. It is a good thing that we go to church with God's people to worship the Lord. But we don't want to repeat the sins of Judah in that they were worshiping the Lord one day a week and then doing whatever they wanted the rest of the time and thinking everything was okay. There is the spiritual principle that to obey is better than sacrifice. If we would truly worship the Lord, then that means we need to worship Him all of the time by doing those things that are right in His sight. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where God tells Jeremiah to stop praying for the people. Because of their shameless idolatry, God will turn the place of their altars into a valley of slaughter. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible.